What's up? Welcome to the Last Second Bid Podcast, where we discuss fantasy football, look at weekly fantasy performances, and take a look inside our league. I'm your host, Wes Dickin. Thanks for joining us. Once, twice, so. Welcome to the Last Second Bid Podcast. I'm your host, Wes Dickin. Thank you for joining us. This podcast came about from guys who just loved talking about fantasy football and thought that maybe, just maybe, there were people who wanted to hear it. Uh, It's very possible that there aren't. It's very possible that the only people listening to this would be in our fantasy league, but we're okay with that just because we love having conversations and talking about fantasy football. So welcome. I hope that you find this somewhat entertaining, somewhat interesting. Uh, Is it really just an excuse to troll my league mates and mine for information? I'll never tell. Anyway, today, we will kind of be setting the base for the entire podcast series. We'll be talking to League Commissioner Eric Howe, who will kind of explain how our league works and what makes it a little different from other leagues that maybe you have played in. Uh, I do realize in setting this up, I probably put the most interesting stuff last. Uh, The most relevant stuff about Cam Newton... Um, kind of ranking him, kind of ranking Nick Chubb, seeing where he falls in the rankings. So if you want to just skip to that and go 30 minutes ahead, totally fine. I would not blame you. But uh, if you want to stick around and listen, I'd appreciate that too. So let's get started with episode one and our interview with Commissioner Eric Howe. All right, we have with us Eric Howe, the commissioner of the Trojan Cup League, our fantasy football league uh, that we've been discussing, and uh, the owner of the Big Dogs team, that's with an A-W, Big (laughs) Dogs. Uh, Eric's owner profile, he's played fantasy football since 2002, that's according to Yahoo. Eric, did you realize you'd been playing for almost 18 years? Uh, I did. I think I took a couple years off in there, though. You you might have. I didn't. I didn't look that carefully, but uh, it. I mean, that's that's a long time to be playing some fantasy football. You you, right. you got in. You got in early. You think I'd be better? <laughs> a lot of a lot of practice. <laughs> uh, your best finish was in 2016 when you won our league. Uh, worst finish was 2018 where you finished 10th last. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, last year's finish, though, uh, was third. Last year I should have won. I, I think other people probably share that sentiment. Um, probably not the people who finished ahead of you, but uh, your team was pretty strong last year. So, And that kind of leads me into my next question for you when talking about your team. Who would you say the MVP was from your team last season? Uh, who's on my team? Well, I know who I would say your MVP was. I forget who was on it. I haven't looked in a while. Well, you had I looked the other day. Yeah, uh, you had Lamar Jackson. Oh yeah, yeah. And quarterbacks. And that's and that to me, I feel like that was one of your that was a big game changer for you. And you you did get Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. And in a blockbuster move. Um, and I so that, somebody else from getting uh, Right. That, and that is the case with um, many of the deals in our league 
it seems, is it's almost worth making the deal so that somebody else can't make that deal. Yeah, I can't remember. It might have been Dusty that was going to get him. I had to keep it up from getting him because he was also a playoff team. That's true. Yes, you did. You did stop. You did stop another playoff team from getting him. So kudos to you for that as well. Um, so I, I feel I felt like uh, Lamar Jackson was was your big MVP. Um, Outside of guys at the top, though, Nick Chubb was pretty good for me all year. Nick Chubb, and that's what I was just getting ready to say. Nick Chubb was very strong. So Lamar Jackson, Nick Chubb, you're right. Nick Chubb had a had a good season for you. Um, so you you had several players on that roster that uh, that I feel like really helped push your team uh, into the playoffs. And then some of the moves you made late also helped. So I just wanted to talk a little bit about uh, the league in general. This is our first podcast. And so I kind of wanted to discuss the league, give people some background on, you know, how, what the makeup is, how it works, some of the things that we do that maybe are a little different from other uh, fantasy leagues, just to give them an idea. So that as they hear us talk about things on down the road, they, they have some context. I have that the league started in 2010. Does that sound right? Yeah, that's right. I hadn't played. The reason I know I took, I didn't play for a year or two is because I was tired of it. I didn't like the leagues I was in. That's why I started my own. Uh, The draft is, uh, I don't know. I like the draft to be fun, a big part of it. Mm -hmm. Where you start your season every year. So it kind of needs to be a big deal. Right. That's true. Um. So we started in 2010. It's a 10-team league. The only roster... eight teams in 2010. Oh, yes, that's right. The first year, there were first only eight. Two, first two years, there were only eight teams. That's right. That's right. And then we, ex- I mean, expanded, quote-unquote, added uh-huh. two teams to get to that 10-team. Uh, roster is our basic roster. No, I mean, we have a flex. Two receivers, yeah. two running backs, a flex, and a tight end. Flex can a, also be a tight end if you want it to be. Right. That's a running back, wide receiver, tight end flex. Um, we're not rolling with two QBs. Um, no. And then I have down at standard scoring, except the difference being six points for a quarterback touchdown instead of four. Yeah. And then I also noticed when looking through the scoring that we it's, it's minus two for an interception instead of minus one. That was another big – I mean, that's not a big change. Uh, and to me, it kind of offsets the additional points you get from a QB touchdown. So I'm yeah. fine with that. Um, I don't like quarterbacks turning the ball over. Uh, it should hurt. It should actually hurt. You know, there's probably a, a, a Cowboys Tony Romo joke in there, but I'm not going to venture there, into that. There, is an Andrew, there are Andrew Luck jokes in there. There are two touchdowns and four interceptions a game, and everybody says he's a great quarterback. That, that is, that's true. So I, will, I won't go there. I won't go there. <laughs> um, being a Cowboys fan, I, 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 I did mention to one of our league mates last night that I, I do have to mention an, a ridiculous amount of – of Cowboys memes and jokes in our yeah. league. Um, yeah. We utilize uh, not just the players, but draft picks and money because we kind of have a hybrid draft format. And we'll get to that here in a second. Mm-hmm. But the hybrid draft format is an auction and kind of your standard snake draft. And so we allow trading players, picks, and money, which 
I, yep. I particularly enjoy. And then, um, but it's the draft format, I think, that really makes our league special. And as I mentioned, it's like a hybrid. It's a mix of an auction and uh, your typical snake draft. And so my first question is, why, why a hybrid draft? Well, auction drafts are more fun. Everybody knows that. Like, snake drafts are great, but it's always better when you have an – they're just better to do, an auction draft. Um, if you want a guy, you can get a guy. Um, right. But if you're going to do a live draft that's not online – you don't want to – you can't keep track of making sure everybody, you know, has at least $1 to fill their roster for every position they need. It's just a pain in the butt. So if you just auction so many guys, you can finish with a snake draft, and then you don't have – you don't get as much money as you would in a normal where you're auction draft where you're auctioning your whole team. Right. So you, you knock the money down, and then you can finish with a snake draft to fill out your team. Plus, you don't waste you don't waste time auctioning your backup tight end and your backup quarterback and your kicker and your defense. You're right, paying, right, right. You're paying a dollar for your kicker and you're paying a dollar for your defense. And, and as an owner, I kind of like that. As an owner, I so kind of like that too because I don't have to hold. I don't have to hold yeah. back a few dollars to, count, to fill that. You don't have roster. to count your money. You don't have to count your money after every pick to make sure you have a dollar to fill that kicker slot. Right, and also if I if I want to spend. If I want to spend all my cash on three players, I know yeah, I I'll that. still be able to field a, a full roster, be able to put that together. And so I it's do happened. like that aspect. Yeah, it has happened. <laughs> it is. There's actually, a guy you want. It's a strategy. You can get him. There's a guy exactly. you want. You can go get him. That's exactly. Right. And and you you have been you have done that. Yeah, I spent. We get a hundred dollars to start. I think I spent ninety dollars in back to back picks one year. It was Marshawn Lynch and Calvin Johnson. And so we kind of covered what my next question was, which was just about what about that auction format that made it something you wanted as a key part of the draft. And uh we discussed, you know, being able to go get any player you want. Um mm -hmm. if I go in, if I if I'm a huge Colts fan, you know, and this is this is part of what's happened in our league too being you know <laughs> we have a lot of Colts fans so if they want to go in and they want to get Andrew Luck they could have gotten Andrew Luck and we've had guys we had guys or, pay. or if you want to pay big money for Peyton Manning on a year's next broke uh, I mean and the person who did that also bought Chris Johnson that year, yeah. year when he was in, he, he spent all his money on two players and it, neither of them played um, I'll interview him later in the season and I'll mention that exact scenario but uh, <laughs> yeah he spent big money on two players who never played okay uh, so when we when we do our auction because as you mentioned we're limited to a hundred dollars doesn't go to 200 like other auctions where you're filling out your whole roster um, you've chosen to only auction the top 70 players. Uh, so what, yeah, what made you settle on 70? 60. Well, it started at 60. Um, and then when we went to 10 teams, it just, I don't, I didn't feel like it was enough. You want to, you want to pay for, you don't want to have, you don't want to be as okay spending $80 on one guy and still having to, you know, while, while other people spend 30, they get three guys, you got one. Right. So your teams are still fairly equal, even though you got to only pay for one player. So you've got to have a number where guys or teams get drafted or they te 
guys draft enough players for their teams, but you still want enough good players in that auction that it, it'll hurt them that they didn't get somebody else. Right. I don't know if that makes sense, but no, it does. It does. And I do feel like, I also feel like it kind of helped adding just adding 10 players helped kind of drive the prices down a little bit. Um, yeah. If, if you don't have enough players, then it, it doesn't really hurt you to spend huge on one player because you're not missing out. Right. On, you know, that 60 to 70 range there, which are still pretty good players. Right. We said it's top 70. How do you figure out who the top 70 are? Do you just go down a ranking from ESPN, from Yahoo? Um, I've done it different ways. I used to be real strict about how I did it. I would take, let's see. I think I went to like a consensus ranking where it took several different rankings and I would take it that way. But the last few years I've gotten to where I want, I'll take seven or eight of the top quarter. I'll go by position. I'll go six or seven quarterbacks, five or six tight ends, and then fill the rest with running backs and receivers, just depending on who's at the bottom of that list depends on where I top it out, Mm -hmm. where I stop. And then occasionally I'll stick a guy in there. I want to make sure he gets in the auction, even if he's borderline, might kick somebody else out. But Mm -hmm. there's a few this year that'll be in there that may or may not actually be top 70 players. But, yeah, I mean, and and that's one of those issues too, where we know we know our league, and we know that guys uh-huh. are those guys, uh, and we know that they're worth paying for in our league. So, right, um, that, that'll be interesting. Somebody will spend money on one of these guys that probably aren't actually in the top seventy, but yeah. we're gonna put them. Yeah. Yeah. Now, we mentioned the total money per owner is a hundred dollars to start each draft. Yeah, but there's potential for more. So explain. Yeah, how- you can have. Depending on how much money you spend the year before, you can keep up to $20 um, for the next year. And that's money that you can spend in trades. You can't spend money you don't have yet in your trades. Right. So if you if you only spend $80 at this draft, you'll have $20 left. And you can spend that in trades or just keep it for next year's auction. Right. So I'll either have $20 to include a portion of that or all of that in a trade. Right. Uh, so, like, if I'm trading with somebody who used all of their hundred, and I offer a player, it's it, you know, adding five dollars to that right. offer can sometimes it was meant. It was meant to just put a trade over the top. It's gotten to where it's almost like I think we had somebody trade one of the best running backs for twenty dollars a couple of years ago. Yeah. For all the money, and that's not really what it's for, but you know, what you can't, you don't really stop that just because it happened. I mean, that's what it does. Yeah. Who are you to stop somebody from blowing all 20 extra dollars on one player to try to win the thing? Trades are trades. Just because you make a bad trade or it's not technically a fair trade, I guess. How's that any different than, you know, when you trade with Dusty? I mean, I I have pulled some questionable (laughs) maneuvers. I'm not going to lie. I'll I'll be honest. But, you know, I. (laughs) But really, how is that? How is that any different if I just give you a bunch of money for a player than if I give you subpar? Like, if it's a lopsided trade with just players, there's not a huge difference there. Um, uh, This is a keeper league. So, describe, let's talk first about what our keeper rule is. And then we'll just kind of describe the evolution of those keeper rules in the league. 
So, so right now you get one keeper. And to keep a player, you you have to pay what he went for the year before. So if he was in the auction, most most keepers, most of your best players are in the auction the previous year. They were already there. So you pay for a keeper, whatever they went, whatever they auctioned for in the previous year. However, if you picked a guy up as a free agent or you pick him up in the draft, the snake draft part, he's free. You do not have to pay for him because he wasn't in the auction the year before. Right. And, but there's also a two year rule with this. Right. You, a, a player can only be kept one year. The next year he can't be kept. Right. You can only anybody. have that player for two years. You have them the yeah. year you drafted. And then if you keep them, you can keep them one year and then they go one back year. into the auction or wherever. Right. Yeah. You can have him again, but you got to pay for him. Nobody can keep him either. If I keep a guy this year and trade him to you, mm-hmm. you can't keep him either. And, and that's kind of, I feel like that's kind of affected some of the, the trades in our league as well. Because yeah, it's like a it's like a guy at the end of his contract, exactly like a baseball player at the end of his contract. He'll go anywhere. Um, he's his worth is a little lower because he doesn't have much of a contract. Mm-hmm. He can't be kept, so guys are willing to take a little bit less. It's in, it's interesting good, how it's worked out. A good player, a good player that can be kept for a year is worth more than a good player that has to go back into the, the auction. That's kind of interesting. In a way, it's kind of like a dynasty type of situation where you yeah, want those bit. younger players but uh you can only keep them for a year you can only keep them once in a way it's kind of like hot potato too you don't want to be holding on to a guy too long uh you yep. don't you didn't back when peyton was playing you didn't you didn't want you you, you had the issue of do i hold do i keep peyton Sorry. this year knowing that he may be coming down to the end uh but then you have the same thing with some of these young guys where you know, I'm going to keep him this year, but it may not be his big year. He may, you know, he may break right. out a year from now. Yeah. He may, you may not want to keep him just so you can buy him and keep him again next year. Yeah. We can get him for a better years. price. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you, at one point we had the, the rule was you could keep two. Yeah. So explain why you made the move to, well, to just one. 10, 10 teams, two keepers each. That's 20 guys that are generally coming out of our top 70. So you're auctioning less people, which means you're spending less money. So every year we did that, there was just more and more money in the auction. So some of these guys were going for more. The, actually, the prices of each player didn't go up as nearly as much. The money that was left over at the end went way up. Right. So and I, I remember everybody we- had a ton of money left over at the end. So we I, right. we cut it in half, and now you're spending more money in the auction, so there's not near as much left over every year. Right, and I, and I do think that that helped a lot, actually. I mean, sometimes, I you know, you occasionally have a guy who has put a team together and has money left over. Uh, you know, I mean, sometimes you have a guy who has, like, $40 left over and has Yeah, $48. And is sitting there looking at the fact that he could only keep twenty of that, um, but, but yeah, like I, it's I, I think it really has done its job. My next question is: What's the biggest uh, challenge that you have as league commissioner? My biggest concern every year is the trade deadline, because we have like, like any league or any any 
competitive thing where this year will affect next year. Guys will tank. And when you tank, like I don't mind a guy tanking, to be honest. If you want to get last, get last. Mm-hmm. We've done things to, to deter that so that people won't try to do that. But bad trades, I don't like. I, I'm not going to stop them. But when a guy is just unloading a player and not getting value just because he's he's wanting to get, you know, if you if you can only get, let's say you have $17 left over, so you can only get $3 more. You can only keep up to $20. So giving a guy a really good player away for $3 is a terrible deal. But why would you ask for more? Like you don't have to ask. Yeah, when you, you, know, can't, it's not when a you can't take it. Right. Right. You can. I mean, you should actually. But you can't keep over that 20. So sketchy deals at the end or at the deadline or only because then, you know, everybody gets riled up over a bad trade. Well, especially if it if it vaults uh, a team into the playoffs yeah. or affects uh, playoff seating, but I yeah. mean that's that's kind of that's kind of just the way it works. Um, right. And we've had we've had and, and honestly, you were kind of in this situation because yeah. I might have done that this year. Well, I was going to say you were you had drafted a pretty good team, put together a pretty good team, mm-hmm. but then the guys who maybe finished ahead of you maybe made some deals. Yeah, I don't remember their trade, but I remember they did make a move. But I traded for McCaffrey this year, and that was from a guy that was planning for next year. Right. I don't think it was a terrible trade, but it had he been in a position – who did I get him from? Had Adam been in a position to win, it would have taken a lot more to get McCaffrey from him. Right. And was McCaffrey – is he keeper eligible? No, he's not. No. So that's that's part of our example. That's what we were saying is right. You know, and that's it, part it, of why Adam unloaded him. Right. Because he couldn't keep him anyway, and since he wasn't going to make the playoffs, why keep him? Why why not mm-hmm. take a chance on somebody I can give him? And I, and I kind of I mean we just kind of covered what that's why I kind of switched the questions. I, I my next my question was can tanking be avoided? Do you try to avoid it or just let it happen? We and that's I kind of figured that that was what you would mention as your biggest challenge because I the I, last the last three or four years we've added last place has to pay everybody else a dollar, mm-hmm. which isn't a big deal. It doesn't kill a draft just for being in last, but it does affect your draft. And exactly. I quit. And we, starting last year, last place doesn't get the first pick of the snake draft. But if you make the playoffs, then you have seventh, eighth, or no. Yeah, seventh, eighth, ninth, or tenth pick. The top, the worst six, or the bottom six, those are drawn every right. year now to see who can get that first pick. So you're, it, it takes away from a, a bad team giving up their top pick because you don't really – it could be sixth. Worst team in the league might get the sixth pick. Mm-hmm. And it it kind of keeps somebody from tanking. Yeah. You've, a you've essentially put in like a lottery format. Yeah. Um, and then also having them pay, pay out $9, which if they have extra money, definitely doesn't hurt them as much. But if they've spent all their money – and didn't and didn't gain any through trades. They're looking at a hundred dollars minus your nine. Sure. They're looking at ninety-one dollars to put together their roster. Which... Since we've 
since we've gone to 70, you know, and we have more people now, that $9 can cost you a decent player. It could. It could. Um, Unless so, you keep, like, 48 back just in case. <laughs> Man, he, he panicked. <laughs> um, so one of the questions that I was encouraged to put in here by somebody in the league – and, and well, I think you, yeah. yep, yep. Was are there any changes coming in the future in the league? PPR, half PPR, anything you're thinking about making any changes or adjustments at all? To scoring, I don't think so. I hate PPR. I don't see why you should get a full point or even a half a point for a half a yard catch. It doesn't make any sense. Well, and we've, we've talked it, about this. That changes your strategy majorly. Yeah. Well, it just it makes a long catch. And a tiny little two-yard catch, too equal outside of the yard you're gaining. Like that's not the same type of catch. I don't, right. know. I don't like I don't like PPR at all. So that won't change. We're not getting rid of kickers yet. I don't know why. I guess I just I'm a traditionalist. Mm-hmm. I like having them in there. And tight ends aren't gonna. I'm not gonna lump tight ends in with wide receivers either. Right. Not a, not, not, a, not I like their own like pass catchers <laughs> category. Right. I like I like them in their own spot. Do you see any changes coming in the draft? In I mean, you already mentioned some of the things you were doing to discourage tanking. Is there anything that any ideas you've got going on? Um I don't know. Sometimes they just kinda come to me, like the whole uh drawing for your spot in the draft. They just generally they come to me through the year. Mm-hmm. It seemed like I had something in mind. We're not, I'm not going to go to – this is specifically for Wyatt. I'm not going to go to uh, letting owners pick who – when we do our auction, it's random. I have a mm. bunch of cards with guys' names on them, and we draw a card to see who's next. I'm not going to go to letting owners pick who's next simply because I like the randomness of not knowing who's coming up. Right. Pat Mahomes may come out as the you know 65th guy pulled out of that – deck right and that changes your strategy based on like how much money have you spent do you have the option to even go get him the first year we did it remember the first two years when chris johnson was the best you know he was the top guy most years he was the first guy to come out and then there's been years where one of the best players is the like you know in the last five guys to be auctioned i just like i like it that way better because if you're running low on money and it's your turn to pick I don't. I don't want you to be able to get the guy you want just because you're low on money. I want to. I don't know. Right. I just like the randomness of it. I like that. You know, you can't. You can't predict when these guys are going to come out. Um, so it, I also like it because it kind of rewards guys who keep track of who's drafted. If you're not paying attention, right. if you don't know who's who is going to come out of the auction later. And, we have and, a list okay. though on the wall when we're auctioning. Right. But, but I mean, you got to know who's on that list, mm-hmm. and you got to know who's still on that list. Right. So now some just ownership, general ownership questions, and these are kind of questions I thought I ask every owner as I interview them through the season. First is, what do you think your biggest strength as an owner is? My biggest strength, huh? Sounds like a job interview, and I'm great at those. Uh, right. Right. I, I mean, um. I, just what area of, of team ownership do you think you are strongest in? Um, waiver wire, drafting, um, trades, like what, 
what area of team ownership do you think you are the strongest in? I think I think I know guys' value in our league. That may mm-hmm. come from me being having to go over stuff so much, like when I'm putting it in the computer. But I know what guys are worth. I know about what they're going to go for, for the most part. Mm-hmm. And and we we that, discuss. Doesn't I mean, mean I always pick the right guy, but right. But that's that's an, that's not an players. easy thing to do. That's not an easy thing to do is to know how much a guy is, is about how much he's worth. So that yeah, I think I know. I know the other owners, so I know who's going to try to get who and who wants what guys are going to be popular among who in our and, league. And that's a good point. You know, the, the, the other owners in your league kind of help form the value of those players. And, yeah. you know, we know that uh, maybe not as much as in the past, but Colts players in our league hold a higher value um, yep. just because – we have a lot of Colts fans. So knowing that um, kind of helps you adjust the value. Those Colts players tend to go for a little more in the auction. Um, mm-hmm. They va- they may be valued a little more in trades, maybe not so much, but definitely in the auction. Um, in, 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 your, in your case, I know that uh, you have a soft spot for Zeke. Uh, yeah, that's kind of wavering. <laughs> I didn't go I, after him too much last year. Let's just say, let's say in the past then. Yeah. In the past, well, you've had a you soft know, spot for Zeke. His rookie year, I I thought he would be the best back. And maybe that's just because I'm dumb. But anyway, he was, but. Well, you're a Cowboys fan. Yeah. So, I mean, that helps with that. I don't mind taking Cowboys players late in the draft, in the snake draft part. Mm-hmm. Generally, one of my last picks will be somebody on the Cowboys that has a chance to be good that mm-hmm. most other guys in our league won't know about. And, that, and you you follow a lot of the Cowboys beat writers, yeah, uh, on Twitter. So you you're seeing those names pop up. You're you're seeing late them. late in our draft. Since I you know I watch the Cowboys stuff more, I'll take. I'd give you a name this year. I will later, but like I'll take I'll go after a certain guy who may or may not be good, but he's got a chance to be good that most of the other guys in our league won't know about. Um, so what do you think your biggest weakness is as an owner? <laughs> My biggest weakness is preparing for the draft, <laughs> but, not, but not looking at players, just looking at what we're doing at the draft and getting the draft ready. I, I, I don't know. We, this is our 11th year. So the first 10 years, I'll bet eight of them, I forgot to actually stud, look at who – how good players would be and just like these new rookies there's been years where somebody will I'll put a guy on a top 70 and I'll have no idea who he is right you 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 feel like maybe you're not getting the opportunity to prepare as far as like a team strategy yeah yeah and And there's opportunity right you're looking at rankings and value for the auction and preparing just the auction overall all right that happens a lot who would you say you're uh who would you say your I'm league rival is, Eric? Oh, you're everybody's league rival right now. Almost everybody's league rival. Because you've won I, I, more. That's true. You've won half of our championships. You got nobody else. You got nobody else on, on your – when you see that name on the schedule, you have to beat them. Oh, well, I always want to beat Dusty. All right, so the question I'm going to ask everybody, who is one player that you have your eye on – heading into draft season this year. I'll tell you the guy that I was talking about 
like on the Cowboys that I'll take a chance on. He may be gone because he's not he's not as deep a sleeper this year as most Cowboys guys I'd go after. But Jarwin, their tight end, mm-hmm. he's got a chance to be a pretty good tight end this year. Uh, Nick Chubb, I know, was a big target for you last year. Um, yeah. What made him a target because for you? Because Baker Mayfield is terrible. <laughs> Everybody so, thought Baker Mayfield was good. Most people knew he was terrible. He's not a good quarterback, so they're going they're going to have to rely on Nick Chubb. You can't rely on Baker Mayfield to win your ball games. Now, is he on your short list for this year as a target? Sure, he'll be okay. a top running back. Why wouldn't okay. I want him? I, mean, I, th- I just think people are thinking that Kareem Hunt is due to have a, that a might top. affect Nick Chubb for about two weeks. At least that's how I see it. It's and to be honest, I mean they're due to start really running him into the ground. Uh, just based yeah, yeah. looking at how running backs are used right now, uh, he, one could argue that they're due to give him a heavy workload so that yeah. here pretty soon they don't they don't re up his contract and send him on. So I'm gonna read I'm gonna read names and then I'm just gonna start. You just tell me if he's if you rank him above or below uh, the player that I mentioned. Um. Josh Jacobs. He's below Chubb. I like I like Chubb better. Okay. Uh, Austin Eckler. Mm, Chubb. Joe Mixon. How old is Joe Mixon? Bengals got a. They're working with a new coach, newer coach, I guess. Mixon, Mixon, be good. He's right yeah, he there was, with Chubb. He was picked in 2017. Mixon was. So he's he's not been in the league that long. So so what was your what was the verdict there? Mixon Mixon and he's Chubb. He's right there with Chubb. He's he's pretty close. Okay, uh, Aaron Jones. Um, he's never been a guy I've liked. I don't know why. Not disliking, but I'd probably go with Chubb ahead of Aaron Jones. Okay. Derrick Henry. Hmm. Yeah, I'll go with Chubb. I think Chubb be better. Alvin Kamara. Kamara, yeah, over Chubb. Okay. Dalvin Cook. Mm, Chubb. Okay. Ezekiel Elliott. (laughs) (laughs) I'll go with Elliott. It's going to be tougher for him this year, though. It's going to be tougher for him. Okay, so you've got so you've got Chubb. I mean, based on what the names that we just read and looking at the, the, the rankings that I've got pulled up, that puts that would put Chubb in the top five running backs. Yeah, he might be a top five back. Okay. He was on my team last year, though, so I like him. Right, so, so he has additional that value matters. to you because of that. The big news this week, Cam Newton to the Patriots. Typical yeah. Patriots move. Does he crack your yeah. top 70? Maybe, I don't know. Personally, no. Like I wouldn't. I don't know that I want him. Okay. The question comes down to: Is he healthy? Which they say he is. I don't know about that, but they say he's healthy. And is the attitude we've seen from him real, or is it just made up by, you know, media and everything else? Because mm-hmm. if it's real, him and Bill Belichick aren't going to get along. Right. Like he's not going to fit in with New England, but if it's if it's all made up stuff, then we've seen with Cam, he looks when they're when his team's winning, he's great. 
but when they start losing, he seems to just, you know, he's not fun to be around. And I don't think that'll work with New England. Hmm. But as far I mean, as top 70 goes, that's questionable. That, I mean, Belichick does have experience working with guys who you wouldn't think would mesh well with him. And so that's a, that's a positive to me in this situation is, do I think that he has can he, maybe draw more out of Cam Newton? Possibly. Has, has but what's there to draw done out? that in a losing season? That, that's a very good point. I mean, sure, Randy one, Moss one could argue that what era. has Bill Belichick done in a losing season because he's had so few of them. Right. It's easy to, it's easy to keep guys happy when you win every game, when you win 12 games a year. Mm-hmm. Randy Moss, you know, he went from being a diva on a losing team to being another guy on a winning team. Or was it he was another guy on the Patriots? I think it was more about winning. I mean, it's still an easy division. Absolutely, and that it's, won't change forever. It's still an easy division. Buffalo's um, pretty good. But... Buffalo is good. Miami, though, I think people yeah. think they're on the upswing, but they're still not going to be there. They're, I mean, uh, they're still they're still young. The Jets. So so he's got like that. That's he's got that going for him as well. Um, that division has gotten better, but it's still not very good. It's it's not. It's a weak division, and so, you know, he's going to see those teams plenty, and that'll help. Um, but I, I just don't I – don't, I, I don't know. And, and he is that mobile quarterback, like we were talking about, that, that can maybe get you some of those extra yards if, if that's something that the Patriots don't train out of him. Um, yeah, I, they haven't really a, had a guy that can move back there for years. It's a it's an interesting situation. Um, his pass catchers are still not not good. Um, no. He's still struggling there, so that doesn't improve his situation. Um, but it's it's just going to be interesting. Like I, I mean, do we rank? Would we rank Cam in New England above Carson Wentz? I'm a Cowboys fan. Okay, Carson Carson Wentz is like bottom half of the league. Okay, what about uh, somebody like Matthew Stafford? I'd put him ahead of Stafford because Stafford doesn't move back here. And he's in Detroit, who may never be good again. Roethlisberger. Old. Mm-hmm. Right. right. Cam, Cam's 31. Uh, and we know how you feel about Baker Mayfield and Ryan Tannehill. Um, <laughs> so I won't even go there. Uh, what about a Matt Ryan? Matt Ryan's weird because every year he's, you know, everybody says he's going to be a top two or three quarterback. And I think, I just feel like he disappoints every year. He just doesn't quite However, realize that. Yeah. Yeah. However, I mean, he's still got guys to throw to. And he's and been doing it. And, and as I'm looking at these so rankings, I... Matt Ryan is the first of the like not mobile quarterbacks. Right. On the list. Yeah, it's weird to me. Look where they everybody ranks Aaron Rodgers this year. And yeah, he's Brees. pretty far down. Those Further down than I would have thought. Quarterbacks. Yeah. I, I think I think that may have something to do with his pass catchers, but really good quarterbacks are going to improve those pass catchers. 
And so then, so the question really becomes, does uh, Cam as a mobile quarterback, does he have enough left to push himself above Matt Ryan, Tom Brady, Carson Wentz uh, into that like Russell Wilson, Josh Allen area, Josh Allen. Uh, that's, that's an interesting to, one to me. Um, you got Stefan Diggs, that team, is yeah. they're moving, they're on the upswing, but I, so, I mean, can, can Cam Newton, how hard would it be for Cam Newton to pull a top 10 quarterback season in new England? Not very. It wouldn't be, it wouldn't be that difficult. It's going to be interesting. Um, he probably now, will. That, that, that is where it comes down to me. Can I squeeze him into the top 70? So somebody's not getting a top five quarterback for free. A potential top five quarterback. Right. Right. Cause he very well could, like he could be near the top. We know New England's willing to throw it all over the field. Mm-hmm. And now if they've got a guy that can take a hit now, maybe Bill moves him around a little more. Maybe he runs a little more. You know, Cam Newton could be – he could be right up there with, you know, Jackson, Mahomes, Watson. And, and, you know, I, the other part of this is I, I've been reading some things where people speculate that New England is going to move to a more run-heavy offense. And I just feel like it's a total Belichick move to, to understand that that's the image that they have. And, right. then, and then go get this quarterback as a free agent for next to nothing. Were they going to do that with Cam as quarterback, or were they going to do that with what's his name, Stidham, or whatever his yeah. name is as quarterback? Yeah, an unproven quarterback. Everybody's going to say you're going to move around heavy. That's a good point. You don't know that you have a guy you can trust yet. Cam didn't exactly have receivers in Carolina. He didn't. He didn't. He just he had McCaffrey who could catch, and he had Steve Smith for a while. Outside of that, he didn't have a whole bunch of good players. And and when you factor in three goal line red zone touchdowns for him. Um, yeah. Well, and Brady was really good at sneaking the ball. True. That's true. Right. Like Brady, yeah. that was one something he was good at. So Cam going and taking that spot, it's, you know, maybe even better. It's, it's, it's just really, that's an interesting, like talking this out is, it was very interesting. I'd say there's potential for him to be top seven for sure. Yeah. We may have more quarterbacks in our auction this year than we normally would because of him. Final question. I'm asking everybody this one. Who are you keeping this year? Who's your Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson. A free man, Lamar Jackson. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I knew the answer. If I didn't have him. Well, see, I've got Dak, too. For I don't know if I paid for I didn't pay for him last year either. Mm-hmm. I had the top two quarterbacks in the league last year, which normally I wouldn't want. Right. But nobody, nobody wanted Dak. Everybody's afraid of him in our league. So I couldn't get any value out of him. And I wasn't just going to drop him for somebody else to have him. So I finished the season with the top two quarterbacks in the league. A lot of good. It didn't mean get third place. No, but it gives you a jump start on next year though. Keeping, keeping, uh, yeah. Lamar for free. I can be one of those guys that doesn't have to worry about a quarterback. I can spend big on it's done positions. Yeah. Well, uh, thank you for your time, Mr. Howe. I appreciate it. It Mm -hmm. was, uh, it was fun. And, uh, thanks for uh, setting the base for this uh, podcast that we're going into and trying yeah, appreciate it anytime i'll talk right. fantasy football anytime uh, maybe i think it'd be fun to even get uh, get you on here with another owner yeah yeah I'll maybe get, get me on yeah. there with Batten so i can argue with him the whole time. i, I kind of feel like that so would be can, fun so he can do nothing but bad mouth dak prescott all right <laughs> 
Well, thank you so much, and uh, we will we'll be talking to you later. All right, man. See you later. All right. See you. Thanks for listening to the Last Second Bid podcast. Remember to subscribe wherever podcasts can be found.